Hi everyone, welcome to this episode of the Comedy Defect Podcast, recording from the Comedy Container, which is located somewhere in Hertfordshire. Those of you who've been to the Comedy Container, it's only two of you so far, uh, will know where it is. It started, I'm here, I'm moved in, it's ready to go, it's great, I'm loving it. The sound here is wonderful, it's nice and quiet, there's no noise, there's no traffic, nothing to distract us. There is only one way in and one way out, and that is after you've done an hour and a bit podcast, maybe more with some people. My name is Winter Fonander. I am the host of the show. I'm a comedian. This is a podcast. Yes, this is the Comedy Defect podcast, one that you can find on Patreon if you want to donate as much or as little as you want. But if you don't, kick something back to us, go to iTunes or Podbean or wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a nice, honest review. But as I say, we're here in the comedy container. Yes, settled in, ready to go. This is happening. I have been out today, so I'm recording this about four in the morning. So that is why this might be a little bit staccato as I'm talking right now. Uh, in this sort of one, <laughs> feels like a monosyllabic affair. But hey, but it's not monosyllabic, but look, I'm having problems with words right now. But that is okay. Uh, this is episode 30, guys, with It's Johnny Murph. It's Johnny Murph. He's always been such a lovely fella to me. I've always had a lot of time for Johnny. And as I say, I only have people on here that I like and I want to spend time talking to. And me and Johnny, we, we spent about three hours talking to each other. We talked for an hour and 40 minutes on this podcast. And we talked for another hour and about half when we were off the podcast. It was great. But Johnny's such a lovely guy. He's won the Audience Choice Award in Brighton Fringe for 2016. He is going back to reclaim his title for 2017 as well. I hope he gets it and hope he gets it done. Really lovely fella. Really funny guy. Go see him. Go find him online. And it's, his Twitter handle is It's Johnny Murph. Now... This episode, I had a lot of fun talking to him. We just talked a lot about comedy, just catching up, really, because I hadn't spoken to him for a while. And we used to do the sellout same gigs together. And, you know, as I say, it's just nice to catch up with my friends. But if you like this podcast, as I say, you want to donate to us, look, we're on Patreon. Go to Patreon. Type in The Comedy Defect Podcast. And donate, as I say, as much or as little as you want. If you don't want to, leave us a nice review. But if you don't want to do that, share your favorite episode. But if you don't want to do that, Join the group on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter. We're there, at The Comedy Defect. You can follow me. It's at Winter Phone Under. Yeah, that's me. And if you want to come see my live stand-up gig dates, I've got a preview coming up. A few previews coming up for my Edinburgh Fringe show, which I'm writing now, which is called It's Not Just for Christmas. Come see that. It'd be a work in progress, but come see it. It should be fun. I've got some good stuff. I'm right. I'm really happy with it. So come see that. Come say hello. It'd be great to see you there. This is episode 30 with Johnny Murph. Find him on Twitter. Go find him on Facebook, as I say every time. Go find these guys on YouTube, because they're lovely people and very funny people too. And this is episode 30 with It's Johnny Murph, the mild-mannered man of mirth. I hope you enjoy. Johnny Murph. Welcome to the Comedy Defect. Thank you very much. How are you doing? I am not. I'm full of mince pies. Oh, okay. Chocolate. I'm about to, it's past Christmas. Just Ooh. gone past Christmas and I'm rotund. That's how I am. Yeah. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Let's put a date on this thing. Uh, also, can I just say, I did not realise that you played that guitar break live. I oh, know, I'm pretty good at that, That's yeah. amazing. Um, I, I, wish, I wish I did. No, that was, uh, <laughs> that was a friend of mine who I used to work with. Bless him. He was a re- he's, he's been on this podcast as well. Dan Robottom. He was, he's a musician. 
in Vespasian, just thought I'd tag him there. Yeah. He did the intro and outro music for yeah. me very kindly. Yeah. I mean, it's nice though. It's a really, I think it's, it's really nice. It's nice. Well, and Dan, I was trying to create the illusion of you just picking up your guitar and casually strumming. That's and it. Then... And then at the end, <laughs> what, I don't know, something lives. <laughs> I don't know, we'll just play with that. I don't know what would live. Nothing's left me yet. No. Well, I mean, I'm going to jinx my marriage now, aren't I? Really, no, know? no, don't. Yeah, my marriage lives. Hurrah! <laughs> <laughs> Joy lives. Yeah. Self-esteem. Yeah. <laughs> Confidence. Freedom. Freedom. Freedom, that's what you need. So tell me, what have been going on with your life? Well, I'll do the happy stuff first. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, now, effectively, I have been trying to write a lot more. One of the things I have done was uh, I've been oh, I gigged quite a lot this year. I had some absolutely lovely gigs, uh, which, is, which, is, which is great. I've had a bit of success in the Brighton Fringe, which was lovely. Mm. And I... Also had a couple of, uh, I suppose, kind of, I would say, the, the famous progression gig. Oh, great. Um, I've had a couple of those, um, although it's not progressed much further than that. They were nice and, and also got a chance to work with real kind of professional comedians who are making a living from it and seeing how they operate in, in, mm. in real kind of terms. So that was nice. But I've been doing a, quite a bit of writing, actually, because I have been performing now. This will be year, come up for year five I have had a lot of material which I have used quite a lot, <laughs> which I know works, and um, I thought I'd try and spend more time writing. So that's pretty much what I've been doing from November last year, and I am not planning to do any kind of performing until March this year, mm. which seems a bit mad. Some people said, mm. oh, you've got to keep going, but I, I'm not stopping. I'm just, I'm just decided to kind of write yeah. and try and think of more things to do. Regroup. Regroup a bit, yeah. yeah. Brighton Fringe, did you do an hour? Um, I did a show with two other comedians, Colin, I'm going to go and forget who they are. <laughs> it's all about me, people. Uh, of course not. Of course not, boys. Jeez, don't get upset. Steve Adams. Your team. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what does it say here? Steve Adams and Colin Galatly. <laughs> and uh, our initials um, are Adams, Galatly and Murph, AGM. And yeah. so we um, have a show called AGM. And it's a compilation show. We, we went to... Admin was terrible for that show. We... <laughs> yeah. yeah, the admin was great. Uh, we uh, went... We did it on 2015 the first time we went there and I'd never been to a fringe, liked the idea of a fringe, a bit scared about it, didn't have enough wherewithal or ability to write my own show at that time and I heard about going there to get spots at Edinburgh but mm. I didn't want to go to Edinburgh and just on a, on a whim, I just wanted to kind of go there with a show in my naiveness which still exists and I thought well it wouldn't, wouldn't it be good to get and do a little kind of three-hander with some people to split, split the costs. Mm. Um, Brighton didn't seem that far away. It seemed like a friendly um, fringe from what I heard. But also it's kind of a known fringe. So we thought, mm. let's do that. So 2015, we kind of, we got on really well. We all get on well. We're all of a certain age. And we ended up getting, um, there was an audience choice award. We had three mm. nights, we ran three nights there. We had an audience choice award. And at the end of the show, we used to say, please vote for us and such like. And we became runners-up in 2015 to our best show um, in the fringe audience choice. Great. We're not just comedy, it's just like we're showing the film. We thought, that's unreal, three old fat guys in a basement. Yeah. Um, that sounds amazing. So we thought, well, we'll go back the next year, which was mm. last year, 2016. And we thought we would do the same thing again, although we did have some new jokes. Yeah. So the first one was called AGM and Gags Matter. And the second one was AGM Back in Business, which mm. we did last year. And again, same thing. But this time we had lots more people turn up because the previous year... Yeah. This award thing, people um, saw it, was looking through all the lists of various gigs right. and, and saw, oh, these guys were runners up, they must be good. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Away they turned up. Sure enough, um, we got people turned up. We had people turn up from last year. We had full houses, three nights. We were really shocked and amazed. Excellent. And we ended up winning 
the yes the Brighton Audience Choice Award. Yeah. Um, at that time, I found out I was in the garden um, putting out food for the hedgehog that was down the yeah. bottom of the garden. It was some big award ceremony thing that was going on. We weren't there, of course, mm-hmm. uh, not because we were filming elsewhere, just because wasn't allowed to go <laughs> and, uh, it was, and it was just amazing we yeah. kind of thought wow that's just really cool mm-hmm. because we seriously didn't know well, we knew a few people in the audience but we had three nights of uh, 55 people in a room yeah. and it was really cool excellent we had so much fun doing it and we're going back again this year not expecting to win with loads of new stuff but we just really like that fringe yeah. and so we did that we did Hastings as well last year mm. which was really kind of interesting slightly different types of crowds there um, more venues in pubs mm. So there weren't specific rooms, so it was a little bit noisy, so you had to kind of shout a bit. Right. But again, a um, lot of energy and effort went into that. Yeah, great. So it was really good. Just want to mention at Brighton, the people who um, organised the gigs we were at were a company called Lamb Comedy. Lulu and Amy run it, and they do an absolutely fantastic job. It was really quite amazing. We literally just turned up, and they had pre-arranged radio interviews for us, did all the flyers, did all the posters, wow. did all the pre-publicity booked the venue, sold the tickets, all that kind of stuff. We literally just turned up, did one day of flyering. We were done. It was quite ama- it was really it was really good. So we really that was that was probably the highlight, comedy highlight of last year. Mm. The other kind of thing that I enjoyed doing was did a, a writing well, a writing course, a lady called Merrill O'Rourke, who is um, a kind of renowned comedian herself. She's absolutely amazing character. Really, really mind just firing all the time. Mm. And I did a, a tentative course of hers. The amount of energy and ideas that woman produces in Six six week course was kind of three hours on a Saturday, was unreal. Mm. My head used to hurt every time I come out of a class. She, she was just full of ideas, and I thought, I am so nowhere near a hundredth of what the output that woman is doing. I thought, I've just got to start writing. Yeah. I've got to start writing, and it was quite. A, that was that was the eye opener for me last. So I think mm. it was going kind to of, last year was a bit of a discovery year. I found it quite amazed just being around uh, somebody who works professionally, and she writes professionally for comedians and renowned comedians. It seems to be my word, renowned. I like that. <laughs> Must be the rotund, renowned, whatever. Uh, and it, it was it was really good, and it was really interesting. And the process of it, the mechanics of it. In the end, as you know, you can do all the mechanics in the world, but it's when you stand up in front of people and say it out loud that's when. That's it. Yeah. So you have a radio show as well, isn't it? Really? I actually stood in for a chap called Anti Duran Battalion. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's a long yes, name, it's a long it? name. Yeah, he's a surreal comedian. You'd be surprised. He's a, a surreal comedian. He's a lovely, lovely man, and he has a regular show which he puts out on Wandsworth Radio and has done for many years and it's um, a sketch show with music and he has a blues guitarist in the corner mm. Mark the Hook Meller so Anthony Jury Battalion and Mark the Hook hello to you gentlemen <laughs> um, and, and it's really fun I, I met him a gig once and he said oh I, I run a radio show Johnny um, do you fancy coming along I said yeah that sounds great I've never done radio before mm. I thought yeah why not that sounds great and so I turned up at the studio in, in Battersea Wandsworth Radio I thought it was recording. I went upstairs and he said, oh, do you know, the, do you know how to tune to Jim Chimney? Mm. And I said, what, the Mary Poppins song? He said, yeah. And I said, yeah, I do. It's great, here's the words. Mm. And we're on in five, four, three. Chim Chimney, <laughs> Chim Chimney. What the hell's going on? Yeah. It was um, f- uh, really was amazing. It was really funny and flying about the seat your pants and you had weird sketches. I didn't know what yeah. the hell I was reading out. It was editing as I went. Yeah. Uh, and it was really great fun. And I really enjoyed it. And I got on well. I, th- I think, well, it did get on well. I went back as a guest a couple of other times. And then when he had off to go off and do some business, he said, would you stand in? And so I had a bit of a run at the show. Absolutely amazing. Really mm. good fun. I really like radio. I'd love to do radio. I'd love to do more radio. Just try and get on it. That's the trick. Didn't you work in, is it RADA as well? I, I didn't work in RADA, no. I, I, had, a, I had a chum who, um, uh, who still is, um, a, 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 
a prominent person with the Rada framework. Royal and, Academy uh, and of Royal, Dramatic Arts. Royal Academy of Dramatic Arts. To, don't Give it you, its full name. Don't you know. <laughs> oh, darling, have you seen my Ophelia? Yeah. Um, here it is. More word. And uh, it's... Um, hence the skull you brought with yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Story. Alas. I, I met him at a comedy course. Many moons ago, I wanted to learn to be a better public speaker. And I thought, because I used to work for a company where I had to get a stand-up and Toast say... Masters? To, well, Toastmasters were going to join... It was, it was either Toastmasters or going for a professional kind of presentation course. Right. But the trouble is that were really expensive. Mm. I found this course as I was typing into Google. I'm not being paid for that, by the way, <laughs> but I'd like to be. The comedy school oh, from, yeah. in Regent's Park. That popped up and it was a, a, a seven-week course. had all the same elements as a public presentation speaking course. And I thought... Yeah, that sounds that sounds fun. I've always liked comedy. I used to go to a lot of comedy when I was younger, and uh, really used to enjoy it. I used to go to Jonglers. Who's your favourite? You saw you. Oh, like, oh that's what? brilliant! I love that. Well, I tell you, it was Arthur Smith actually. Oh yeah, Arthur Smith, Ben Elton, uh, Dancing with the Dog, decades ago, literally, and before I think Ben Elton was just literally coming on television at the time. Arthur Smith did a joke which I'm not going to try and do. It was a joke where he he had three things which he he could do, and one of those things was tell a joke. The only thing is he only knew the joke in French. So somebody in the audience who could speak French, and because mm. it was in Battersea at the time, or that, he, he basically drew them out of the audience. And then he told this joke, which was the filthiest joke mm. in the world. And this poor lady, who was very prim and proper, said, I can't say that. I can't. And of course, the mm-hmm. humour came not from the joke, yeah. from him interacting with this yeah. person. That was really amazing, impressive. I used to go to a lot of radio comedy at the time. The Wow Show, which was... Um, Steve Frost, um, chaps who did Carlsberg, uh, not Carlsberg, yeah, Carlsberg Lager, I think, mm. I drank my Black Label, I think it was. Oh. Um, God, I've undone myself with my comedy knowledge there. They did this kind of radio sketch show, which I used to love watching. I used to go and see a lot of radio shows. They were free, that's another reason. I had to have a lot of money at the time, still haven't. And I used to go and see those. Spike Milligan uh, did radio shows at the time. All that kind of stuff. So I used to love going to see live comedy, go to Jonglers a lot mm. um, in Camden and Battersea. Saw some uh, Harry Hill there. I saw him remorselessly heckled oh, right. um, from people in the audience who just didn't understand what he was about. The mm. really nice and sad tights things. It didn't get him, but he was absolutely brilliant. And also, Hub Landlord was uh, was yeah. on there as well. And um, Paul Tonkinson, who was also on there. Yeah. Uh, just seen those comedians. I loved loved them all. Mm. And uh, I thought that's a brilliant thing. Mm. I, you know, I never thought I could do that. And with the comedy score thing, I effectively just kind of like thought well this would be fun seems mm. like you do seven weeks you learn about the rudimentaries of comedy and at the seventh week you get pushed out in front of an audience to basically kind of do what you've written in the last mm. seven weeks and what you've created and at the end of it you decide whether or not it's one of the bucket list or whether you enjoyed it i stepped out to 150 people for my first gig it went really well it was quite amazing really mm. i felt absolutely pig sick beforehand mm. really enjoyed it thought yeah. i'm gonna do this again mm. this is so fantastic next gig was two people oh. who looked at me like i just defecated in their handbags mm. and i felt the lowest of the low mm. and on the way home because uh, lived in bedfordshire so i was from london so long old travel back home mm. i thought what the hell did i just do that for what did yeah. I, am i deluding myself so i kind of thought well will i do it again and i thought yeah what the hell and then, sure enough, it's kind of now going to be this year, five years later, and still kind of trying to figure it out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really. This is true. Like it's different, like sort of uh, breakthroughs that you have during like your evolution, if you like, of, yeah. of, of yourself. It's like, oh, what, what, what does it mean? What is it? This funny about me? What is? Who am I again? Or oh, this person? I'm older, but I'm also. This has also changed me. I'm also different. Oh, this isn't actually who I really am. Oh, this is who I am actually underneath all that stuff yeah. that I pre-programmed or pre-learned. Breaking down those. Uh, 
those sort of habits, isn't it, really? Yeah, it's, it's, it's funny. I, I, there's always that kind of great debate about whether, oh, I don't need to go to, to, to school or class or listen to anybody, mm. blah, blah, because I just get up there and do it. It's like people who pick up guitars and say, yeah, man, I should learn how to play. Mm. Um, well, that's great, and, and, and believe, believe to you, mm. fine, clever people. But some people need a little bit of instruction uh, to kick off with, and like you say, you end up finding out who you are a bit. Uh, I, don't, I don't think any of these kind of classes or schools are bad things. I mm. think what they do is they give you maybe the tools that you didn't have to start doing that road, going down the road you just said, and mm. find out a little bit more about yourself if you want to be that kind of comedian. Mm. Because not everybody wants to get on stage and bear their soul mm. and all that kind of stuff. Mm. Uh, one, one of the, the things out in Brighton last year when we finished, um, it was a bit like a wedding reception at the end of the gig. We had to mm. we stood by the door thanking people. The comment we got back from a lot of people who attended our gig at least was, uh, and this man said, I've been to three gigs at the Fringe and yeah. they're all about people belly aching." about belly came about what they don't get, what they haven't mm. got, about how this... And then they said, nobody's got any joy anymore. And, and I think that's where my comedy stems from. I mm. like happy, I like joy, mm. I like I like to talk about things like that. I don't get that angry about things. And even mm. then, it's kind of always got a happy slant to it. Mm. So, But for people who do that, I also enjoy watching people like that, mm. personally. I like, enjoy the comedy of it. Mm. Um, so I like darker comedians uh, and who do things. But... But it's not me. And also, it was interesting to hear that the public came along to actually pay, because this is one of the free gig. People pay to come and see us. Mm. That's what they wanted to go see. That's why I like comedy. It's, a, it's got so many different rooms or, mm. different place, or different types of comedy you can have. Mm. But I don't think there's ever one style that works. Mm. I think in certain areas, um, one style becomes more prominent. Mm. And people have this obsession about um, saying something. Power to their elbow, if that's what they want to do, mm. and they can make it, make it funny... Yeah, then, then exactly. power to their, that, and that's the that's hard it. thing because you get people come up stage and, and, and you think it's just a therapy session yeah it's true and you get depressed with them <laughs> yeah, totally because it happened to them, right? it's <laughs> yeah. like oh god this has just happened to me okay it's real but it's not funny yet yeah. it's not funny and, and, and that's the thing but, but then that's what uh, that's what stages are for I mean I've, I've been fortunate to have paid gigs as well as open gigs. Mm. and um, But I'm just a sucker for when there's an audience there. Mm. I just want to make them laugh yeah. and I don't really want to do I, I've, on the few occasions I've done totally new things I've always felt like I've cheated people mm. because it hasn't been fully worked out. Because you know yourself, when, mm. you, when you write something, mm. you say it out loud, you think, oh, I should have changed that mm. word or I should have put this a different way or that came in a bit too early mm. for them to you know, accept that I would say that. Do you listen to yourself back? That, you know what? That is my New Year's resolution. Mm. I tape... <laughs> I don't know if you do this. Yeah. I tape all my gigs yeah. and I go, right, OK, I'm going to listen to it back and see where my pauses are, mm. my ums, my ahs. And recently I've got people start videoing me, which actually I have watched because mm. I just love looking at myself. <laughs> and um, that's a mirror there. Mm, nice. Yeah. I did that because I found that it, that was the more beneficial thing. But I need to do it this year because you learn from it. And mm. watching the videos recently, I watched my last kind of uh, five, six performances... I thought, oh, I didn't, I didn't know I did that. Oh, I, and I say um a lot. Or I should stop moving around so much there. And things like that. Or when I ducked and dived or did this little kind of strange movement, people found that funny. I should do some more of that. And, and that, was, that was interesting. And listening to yourself, you can hear the pauses, you can hear what works, where the laughs are coming. And I listened to about a minute of it and I go, oh, yeah, no, it seems to go all right. Yeah, fine. Uh, not learnt from it and so this year is my just yeah. like cutting yourself yeah isn't it? I know and this year resolution I am going to go to backlog and listen to things it's, yeah it's humbling as you know yourself you, every gig needs something different yeah you can either have like you know a gig that needs a bit of welly or a gig you just got you know what right let's just like just like feel the sound like you know just drop the, the, the words into their ears rather than just force it down their yeah. necks yeah. Go, okay this is what's happening look at this and this oh, okay and there's more 
sort of deafness and sort of like you know I mean without like, like martial arts or something like that you know you or some sort of any skill that just has just needs that little bit of sort of refining like kind of you know that just a, a little stroke or technique that you just drop it there yeah. and all of them just go bam this is funny it needs that sometimes but yeah. other times when it's just the room's ready you can just go drop that in like yeah. the, the proper rooms you know yeah. like because you know when you're when you're bloody out in the badlands and kind of trying to <laughs> get out in like pub X down there right okay guys we're going to go with this shit mm. okay this is the bag of shit that you will like <laughs> okay not this other stuff this really you know yeah sure do whatever that you you should be true to you but you know when it's not going to work in certain places you know yeah. that yeah. that's how it is isn't it you know, it's, you know. it is interesting I, you know I, I, like I say I, I think there is everyone's got a different way of doing their comedy and mm. no, I don't think anyone is, is right I think that people have preferences to things mm. I think it goes through waves like people do like have preferences of um, pe- people kind of being real uh, and all that kind of stuff yeah. and, and, and it's great and I enjoy that kind of comedy too and you're right I think certain places want to hear that mm. and certain places just want to hear yeah. people coming up and doing and, and, yeah. you know doing kind of familiar things maybe in a slightly unfamiliar way but Talk um, about Tesco's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The bagging area. Bagging area. Come on, the bagging area. The bagging area. We, we haven't heard one bagging area joke <laughs> yeah. today. Yeah, and that's exactly it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've, classic, never, I've never done a joke about a bagging area. <laughs> I could never think of one. Because <laughs> you're just so expected. Yeah, aren't it's they? expected. Yeah. Nothing expected. It was unexpected in the bagging. But um, uh, yeah, oh, a bag for life. A bag oh, for life. Yeah, I've got so many bags for life now. I'm immortal. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I'm here to. Friday but people you know yourself people do like to hear that mm. and sometimes when I've tried experimental things and I think it's probably also the confidence factor I think there's also that because mm. you, when you know when you have your your, your kind of bankers yeah. um, which um, you know will get a laugh kind of 89% of the time mm. you know you, you, you belt those out kind of um, sometimes you get lazy actually that's one thing about listening or seeing the video I realise I've, I've got a story which is my go-to story and it also lands a lot and once I heard myself doing it I thought that's so lazy still got a laugh and everything but I just I felt ashamed of myself for not having mm. put yeah. the energy into it that yeah. I would normally do it was kind of like yeah, rah, 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 yeah. Rah, rah, rah. you laugh here mm. okay fine it, it was interesting to kind of see myself do that I thought I must never get lazy mm. I think you do get complacent oh you too you too you think uh, this works? I might as well just like this. Is just yeah, roll close. it out. Yeah, it's fine. Because when um, uh, you know when people take pictures of gigs and things, and uh, I had somebody kind of uh, on the Facebook thingy um, said. Uh, Oh, like this picture of you! I know exactly which bit of your act that is. Thank you. Now it was it's nice. I mean, the thing it's about great. it is, I, I, I think also um, I've been watching a lot of older comedy, past comedy, kind of the comedy greats, as mm. I like to think. Who? Well, when I was younger, I used to love the, watching the comedians. I used yeah. to record the comedians and love all the jokes. And we go on school the next next after the weekend and tell everybody the jokes we all heard and it was all kind of like a memory things like collecting cards or whatever mm. kids did at the time so I loved all that and I like, I like Ken Goodwin was a, a kind of chap whose catchphrase was called Settle Down and he used to laugh he just used to laugh a lot and he mm. would laugh before he got to the microphone and people were just laughing and not knowing why they were laughing he's one of those fun, funny bones kind of characters mm, mm. Um, really liked him um, Frank Carson, obviously, I say obviously, obvs, um, as young, <laughs> you youngsters out there might say. I liked him. I have to say, I did find Bernard Manning very funny at the time. Mm. Even though I was young, I probably didn't understand a lot of the jokes. I just liked his, his speaking. I always, I always spoke, I love her. Mm. The content, maybe not so much, but uh, the, I just like the way he spoke. Um, Stan Boardman, it was Mike Collier with his on off again. Mm. Um, with the mic- he had a thing where he would pretend to speak to a microphone and the microphone would cut out. Mm. So he'd be speaking to you going, hello, everyone. Body and, and on, off, and could you fix this 
folk and all this kind of stuff. I can't do it as you probably have just heard. All that kind of thing. I liked all that kind of silliness. Light. Totally loved um, Cannon and Ball. Loved them guys. Amazing kind of old hoofers and professionals and loved all what they do. But also, well, my kind of all-time favourites are Morecambe and Wise, really. That's, I didn't realise how much of an influence they had on my life, comedy-wise and just general-wise, because I think everyone cracks Morecambe and Wise jokes and they don't know where it comes from mm-hmm. until one day you see one of the shows and go, my God, that's where that comes from. So I liked, I liked watching all those kind of guys. Bob Monkhouse recently, Ken Dodd, God rest his soul. Yeah. All those kind of characters as well. Yeah. Um, that was Bob Bunker's not Ken Dodd, he's just got a knighthood. All those kind of characters realised they lived in a different world, how tough it was, they had to make a living from that, but also the work that they put in, yeah. and also, also the different houses they played to, the experience they've got. Yeah. Um, so it was, it, I, I find all that, but also I find all that stuff joyful and it makes me laugh. Yeah. And I realised, I was thinking about changing stuff, I think I must get more serious, now other comedians are being more serious, about mm. special things, personal things, all that type of stuff. Mm. And I just, I just not, it's not, I don't want to share that with people. Personally, for me, mm. I don't find it funny. Yeah. I, you know, I, I don't want to talk about kind of crikey um, things that happened. Uh, I was going to say something personal and totally um, flip it around. But I kind of, I don't want to talk about kind of, you know, um, tragedies that happened in the past or yeah. things like that. I, I, I just, I'd like to make people happy. Mm. I, I'd rather have myself as a butt of the joke. But I, I just, just watching those characters and I realised actually how much work yeah. people put in. And, and that's, I think that's the key because you go through that phase when you kick off, you're thinking, well, I am so funny. It's hilarious. I've made my friends laugh. I've done really well. Yeah. And then you go and maybe st- step up and go to a kind of a better gig then, or kind of, you know, just an open gig. And uh, you realise actually you ain't that funny at all, yeah. really. And no one has thought of this joke before. Yeah, no, yeah. Unexpected item in the bag. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sort of, yeah. That is, that is the classic one. Mm-hmm. And uh, you kind of yeah. think, you, ha- you have to kind of like start trying to think yeah. but you, you go through a progression and I don't think I think there's a very few rare people that when they kick off they are naturally really funny mm-hmm. really quickly mm-hmm. and they have a real kind of amazing kind of just rise within the kind of ranks and they start being on pro bills and mm-hmm. TV and stuff and you think wow that's amazing I love I love seeing that yeah. I, I love seeing people um, who I might have gigged with, you know, kind of three months ago, four months yeah. ago, suddenly being on telly or being kind of like fated yeah. in kind of a great gig. I think that's just absolutely fantastic. Get a sitcom. Well done, man. You put yeah. the work in. It's yeah, great to see I know. it. Yeah, I, I, I do. I, I, I never, I personally, my, my kind of reason for doing it is because I just like to be good. Mm. I'd like to be good enough to have an hour's worth of stuff. Yeah. And when people walked out the door, goes, I really enjoy that. Mm. That's it. Yeah. And I think if it's right for any other kind of movement in the industry or people, you know, will like what you do, then super darts, off you you go and, and, you know, you'll become famous. But I'm not, I don't pursue it. Mm. I just want to be good. And and that's that's my whole reason for doing it. I like making people laugh. I want to be good. Of course, I'd love to make some money from it. Mm. Of course, I'd love a bit of recognition and all that kind of stuff. It's not the reason why I do it. And I think it's all for the reason why these guys who move up also, I don't think it's a reason they do it as well. Mm. I think maybe the younger comedian probably has an idealised an idealized view of, yeah, well, I do these gigs and I'm going to get this and pushing, a bit, maybe a bit more pushing and power to their elbow because, you know, if you don't ask, you don't get. It's true. It's not my cup of tea, but I'm power to their elbow. But I just love seeing kind of, you know, um, some of the guys just take off. You think, wow, wow. And one of them is now kind of um, a YouTube sensation as well. Many moons ago... Um, well, I still do this gig. It's a lovely gig. I love this gig. TNT in mm. Kentish Town. Um, a chap called Joe Charman on there. Yes. And he's a totally lovely guy. He's doing this fantastic beatboxing um, thing. Uh, and now he's known as the skills guy. Now, mm. I've got skills. What are you going to do about it? Mm. And he has become a phenomenon in um, 
the YouTube world mm. and he makes his living from social media. So he used to stand up mm. and comedy and now he does he does that and, and makes a living from it in a short space. But he mm. put the work and effort in mm. and he did Vine when it kicked off and he just kept ploughing and ploughing and, 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 and trying to develop what he did. Mm. And now he's this kind of this guy who now lives a wonderful life doing this, but he works mm. bloody hard for it. That's it. And I love that. I, I, mm. I, I love the fact that, you know, we was once in a pub kind of... Mm. Uh, chatting away and um, yeah, it's, it's, it's achievable you just got to put the work in and yeah. you got to do it for the right reasons as you yeah. said you got to do it for you rather than do it for like you know go, oh I'm going to get this fame I'm going to get don't look at the accolades don't look at those those trophies that are the, the, the lines on people's CVs okay they do help for yeah. put you, like that thing you, you yeah the Brighton work. thing helped us get people in yeah exactly I, I mean, mean you know, I've never won a, I will never win a competition in my life um, I've tried to go in for a few competitions absolutely failed miserably hmm. never got past I think all I got past one of the Muse Moose one I got I went past the 92nd there used to be a thing for the Muse Moose hmm. you get kind of loads of girls and boys in kind of in a room and you'd go up and do 90 seconds yeah. and you got judged on whether or not That's it, and then that. you get through to the next phase mm. um, which I got through to the next phase and then totally corpsed on stage oh, and no. um, never that, that was it yeah, it was the end of it and uh, I, I thought I will never go for a competition again because mm. uh, I'm rubbish at them I always get incredibly nervous yeah. just don't do my best mm. and you're not enjoying it is I'm it? not enjoying it I'm kind of think I'm here to and I thought well you know some people are naturally good at competitions and you, but the one thing I, we did find out and by sheer chance was that if you do win something or get a handle of some kind like the, the Brighton thing people will go to maybe your gig or look at you differently mm. because there's an expected level of uh, competence which yeah. other people don't get so I totally understand people doing competitions mm. and no totally kind of yeah I mean you need, you need something to write on your CV as well I mean we're saying yeah. that you know they, they shouldn't you know you should, they're not good for, for you or us and it's like you just think that well, you need something to write in the poster, don't you? It's yeah. like, you know, guy with a microphone. Okay, yeah. have you done this before? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've done it a few Believe me, we will have kind of, you know, Brighton award winners uh, on our poster for this year. List of gigs. And, yeah. Just a gig, gig number. Gig. How many gigs have yeah, you done? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've done 365 gigs. <laughs> um, yeah. And I've got one original joke. <laughs> I've done all of them. Yeah, I've mixed the order up though. I haven't put them all in the same order. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah. making it difficult for myself. Yes, you know? yes. I left my book in the backing area. Oh, <laughs> call back. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 a, it, it's a funny old game comedy. But it's, yeah. you know, it, it's I just really enjoy it. I think anyone who does comedy would like the success that uh, or, or that the, you know the Macintyres mm. have of this world. And I, and I again, I just I I, I just hate. The, the people hating, you know, I, I just mm-hmm. uh, everyone got a little bit to me, but McIntyre, you may not like the guy, yeah. you may not appreciate his humor and all that kind of stuff. But by crikey, I think he has done what most comedians would aspire to do totally. be popular, yeah. have a TV program, be well respected, and, and make money and make a living from being funny. Yeah, God bless him. I, I personally love him. Mm. Um, 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 I know a lot of people don't, but I just think power to his bloody elbow yeah. you know I mean there's, 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 there's something for everyone as we said you know there's different types of comedy that people that suit people suit certain areas and people want that kind of comedy because yeah. maybe they haven't been to comedy before just that we've been in it so so long that you yeah. kind of get to a stage that you go god I've seen that so many yeah. times that you get so jaded yeah. I mean even gigging you get jaded but like watching it as well you go god i got to research this to see what's going on what, the, what the, the status quo of comedy is what people are interested yeah. in yeah and uh, but then again, you get to a certain stage. You go, well, I can only do comedy that's, that comes from me. Yeah. That's, that's honest, honest and truthful to me. And so you can, in the end, you can just bludgeon your way through all these crowds. Because at the beginning, I think you go, "What's funny? Okay, I'll take that. I'll, I'll make, not not take it, but I'll watch that and I'll I'll learn." And I'll go, okay, that's just kind of style of comedy. And then you go, "No, I, 
I can't, I'm not going to be influenced by these things anymore. I'm just going to do the thing that I like to do. Yeah. And that's the thing I guess you're doing. You're not gigging as much. You're just kind of going, oh, great, I'm just sit down in the room and go, well, what is it? What, what, what's the best thing about me? Okay, listen to all the stuff. Let's just dissect it. Let's, you know, make it better. What could, what more could go in that? Okay, how does this fit? You know, okay, how am I trying too much? Am I doing too much of this? And what, that's it. Just yeah, it, 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 is, it is that kind of thing. And, and it kind of, I like to MC as well. I've had a lot of opportunities yeah, to MC. Great. Really enjoy that. I get asked to do that on, on regular, and again, I think because I, I, I jolly, I'm a jolly kind of character. Warm, you're, yeah, you're high yeah, energy, you're and, warm. Like, yeah, and I, don't, I also get, um, don't get in the way of other mm. acts as well. Mm. So I let the acts do their stuff. I don't. I, I initially when I first MC, and I think one of the things I learnt as I went on, don't do mater- I, I did my own material in bits. Yeah. So basically, it wasn't MC; it was basically my act spread over an hour, yeah. an hour and a half, or whatever it was. Try and get a spot for that gig. Yeah. Like, oh. I've done it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, uh, and then you can't go back and do your own stuff. Yeah. So, uh, I, but that's confidence and experience, and um, yeah. uh, you get better at that, and you get better to reacting. One, one of the best bits of advice, funny was, was a comedy at school when mm. kind of um, they used to get different kind of pros in. There was a chap, um, chap, chap like nobody knows this guy's fantastic. Um, chap called Adam Bloom, yes, who's absolutely amazing, amazing character, um, comedian has done it all as well, kind of career wise, I think. He came in and just chatted to us newbies, kind of, you know, going, ooh, ooh, what's it like being funny on a stage? The best thing he said when somebody asked the invariable question, everyone asks you if you do comedy, is like, oh, heckling, heckling. Everyone asks you about heckling. And I've never been there. It's a place in Germany. Oh, what a, what a horrendously <laughs> funny joke. Oh, you so oh, well. I got that one from the back in area, I can tell you that. Oh, sweet Lord. Um, yeah. But, um, uh, no, it's... <laughs> <and laughs> Loving your own jokes, dreadful. Um, but they're so good. They are so good. Classic. Classic. Classic John Murray. <laughs> and he said that heckling was a gift. And yeah. when he said that, it was like, wow, what a brilliant thing to say. Then you didn't fear it anymore because you think it's a gift. If somebody has said something to you, you know, either taken on deal with it or not. A comedian that I gigged with jah, middle of last year, a lady called Jenny, Jenny Collier, yes. who was absolutely superb. Mm. She was the headliner of the gig I was at, and she was being heckled by some chap in the audience who was saying some nonsensical rubbish or whatever. And she just turned to me and she goes, well, thanks for that, but it's not very useful right now. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wow, yeah. that was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. And the yeah. way she just kind of dealt with it was I thought, oh, wow, I want to be you. Mm. Because that was just brilliant. You know, again, whenever I've been heckled, I've either smiled and said, oh, thanks very much for that. Mm. It was lovely. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then carried on. <laughs> and, yeah. and sometimes I've dressed it. Well, I've dressed it, but not necessarily in the way that the heckler wants you to do. Yeah. Um, but I've, I don't get heckled a lot. Yeah. I, I, once, I once went to one of those, we have a funny project run, that used to run a thing called Heckle Night. They, they, it's basically a night where you go and do your comedy mm. and they encourage the audience to heckle you. Mm. And you have to see how you handle that. Yeah. And um, so I went, right, and I need to toughen up. As a comedian, I need to toughen up. I need to go and get heckled. Yeah. I'm going to go to this thing. I'm uh, going to go to it. And I didn't make nobody heckled me. And kind of MC at the end said, oh, and it came out to I said, nobody heckled me. He goes, yeah, you're too nice. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> oh so I should start picking on people. Yeah. So, but um, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't me. I've only had a, a few heckles. Not, it's not an invitation heckle, by the way, but I've yeah. only had a few heckles. And yeah. mostly they're being, you know. And the MC stuff really helps, doesn't it? Oh, so, the MC stuff and, and was did, amazing. Did you do yeah. improv as well? I did, I did, I've done improv with Hoopla. Um, oh, yeah. uh, I did um, some of their kind of um, improv for um, stand-ups. and. That was great fun, and that also helped as well mm. because you didn't. Because sometimes you get bunny in the headlights type thing when somebody throws something at you, you go, Hoo! but now I, I like to think that if anything actually happens, um, I would be able to. 
deal with it, and I do, and I and I and I, I really enjoy that. I I, I, the, I like the improv thing. I do when people look like someone in the audience, mm. rather than doing I look like this person. Uh, I will say, my goodness, we've got a celebrity in tonight, and some people um, you can tell whether people are actually going to go with it or not. If they don't go with it, you just kind of back off mm. and find somebody else who wants yeah. to play. Oh, that's good, Janet. I'm glad you you've said you can tell. I can never tell. I just go in with it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the interesting thing about it, actually, because there are different careers in comedy. I mm. mean, because you know, I, I, I think. Well, I know, I know I would like to go end up doing comedy clubs and um, getting gigs and, and write my own hour and all that type of stuff. Um, but there are other careers within comedy. Yes. You, you know, there are people who do do cruise liners and, mm. uh, and all that kind of stuff. And you think that would be a great gig, you know. I, I'm, I'm kind of being old, kind of older now. Kind of, I think if I found comedy, kind of, even though I went to it, I had no idea how people became comedians. Mm. I think, you know, I can understand I have a different view or outlook on what I want from my comedy to maybe someone who's in their kind of 20s, 30s. Mm who kind of like maybe sees a potential career. The club that I um, have been associated with was one as uh, at Rada, which is kind of Big Green City. That is a really lovely, lovely... Great room. Great room. It's, mm. it's a brilliant comedy room. But again, it just, it just barely makes enough money to run mm. the gig. So, you know, it, it's never, it's never going to be much more than just a fantastic great room. Well, there's a great audience and all that kind of stuff. I learned mm. an awful lot of... I emceed that quite regularly mm. and I learned a lot from there because the audience were, were, were actually proper paying, paying audience, punters, yeah, yeah. paying punters who came to see comedy. Mm. And even though it's new, material, it's new material and such like, um, they still expect a certain level of proficiency. And I think most people, when they've gone there, um, have gone... Okay, I think I might step it out of a tad. So that that's been quite that that's been quite a good experience, mm. and that is an awful lot of fun. Mm. Um, it may or may not come at the moment. It's kind of um, resting, I believe. It's mm. the theatre's gone dark at the moment, darling, mm. and um, uh, it may or may not come back this year. Oh, no. So um, we'll see how that flies. It's all a matter of as many things are finance. Right. That was a great gig, and again, I learned a lot from Emerson in there. Mm. There was uh, we, we used to get a regular crowd in, and I remember one night when I did my usual. Hey, has anyone been to a comedy? No, because you have to make noise yeah. and get people to be noisy. Mm. So anyone been to you know this particular gig before? Mm. Uh, give us a give us a cheer, and pretty much everyone in the room went. Way! It was a lovely, nice. Big packed out, and one lady went, I haven't, and I went, Oh, so I basically got off stage and just sat beside her and went, All right, let me just tell you this. And of course, nobody could see me, I was just chatting to her, and, and everyone just laughed because I was chatting to her personally about mm. the gig and you know what happens, and, and yeah. funny people come on, and, and you like to laugh, and all this kind of yeah. stuff. And, and she really enjoyed that um, yeah. attention. But we've had some mad, we've had some mad guests there. We had a very drunk Viking man or oh, two, yeah. so he was getting on stage to punch one of the acts. And I don't know why, because the act was really lovely, and, mm. and I don't know what he said to offend him, whether it is, he didn't have a great grasp of English, so maybe he'd said something in Viking language, which was probably terribly offensive, right. but, you know, like, mm. you know, items in the bagging area might have meant, I'm going to come and kill you in yeah. Viking, and was getting on the stage, and I thought, my God, and I thought, what do I do as an MC? So I ran up there and grabbed hold of the, of the, of the, of the, um, of, of the audience member. I said, what are you doing, mate? What are you doing? Yeah. And he said, uh, I don't like him. I don't like him. And he was quite drunk. It was called Eric, this man. Eric the Viking. Wow. Said, well, that's weird. And so we sat him down. I apologised to the comedian. Because, mm. you know, he was handling it. But then when he got on stage, I thought, no, I can't, I can't have anyone being punched here. So really ruined kind of like, Yeah. So I kind of like, you know, if anyone's going to be punching, it's going to be weird. <laughs> um, and, with uh, joy. <laughs> joy. <laughs> the air with happiness. <laughs> and I have nothing but love for everybody. So I kind of grabbed hold of him and, and, and dragged him off. And then every time I went on stage, I just checked that the Viking was okay. Yeah. And his friends were absolutely aghast. Um, mm. They just didn't know. Because he was a suited gentleman. He wasn't like, you know, a thug type yeah. person. He was a guy yeah. in the like, late 40s. But, yeah. but somehow he just seemed to take Business coverage. Viking, yeah, you know, it was really weird. Yeah, yeah. yeah corporate yeah. Viking. Yeah, he's um, uh, corporate Viking. The weirdest thing ever. Yeah. And then at the end of the, the, end of the gig, I mm. got him up on stage. Yeah. And um, 
to kind of like you know because um, we became friends then we kind of like well, there was a lot of love in and I uh, asked him to love the comedian and everyone, everyone was happy nice, and loved nice one. and um, healed and everyone then it kind of everyone was healed and uh, and then we got up on stage brought the house down it was kind of it was weird it was weird people said to give people the microphone but he was actually hilarious I mean but, that, that thing as well that Eric the Viking isn't yeah. it it's like look at this this Eric the Viking is this Eric the Viking here in a suit yeah did he have a beard as well he had a beard he was incredibly um, rotund um, I'm rotund but he was incredibly rotund yeah and um, if Eric the Viking's listening I'd just like to say that's not the case I'm just doing this for comedy effect <laughs> but he was yeah. a bit of a fat guy. yeah it just it was just the weirdest thing ever oh. and, but it went it all went well and uh, the Polish comedian who just like was bemused he said mm. I've no idea what I said mm. that made this man want to get up stage and punch me you might have just looked at him. You know, sometimes, yeah. let's say you go to somebody in the audience, mm. but he was the wrong person to go to. It's like, it is like that thing, as well, that sometimes you're in a club and like you see someone just eyeballing you for no reason. Yeah. And you're wondering what you've done. You had, like, you, you could be sober and they, you know, they're a little bit drunk, right? But you're yeah. like, why are they, why me? Yeah. Why is it, they do, what is it about my face <laughs> that they think that that is the person that I want to start something with tonight? I hate that person. And you haven't done anything. But now that I'm sitting here through. looking at your face. Oh, you're right. Yes, I, do, I have a very Hold punch- on a second. I have a very punchable face. Pass me that large rock. Uh, <laughs> That's what it's for. That yeah. is what that rock. Thank for. you. Hold on one second. Oh uh, yes, it's, it's nice and sharp as well. And it's quite heavy, you know. But yeah, people just uh, and you have to accept. I think also the other thing what you said earlier on. You know, I want to be liked. I think. Ultimately, regardless of the type of comedy you do, you want people to either like or respect you. Yeah. Um, and listen to me. Nobody listens to me. Um, <laughs> Please. I love, love that's why I'm going to stay here forever in this lovely warm room. Um, it, it, it's, I think you do want to be liked. And when people don't, mm. it's actually... Because this is the thing you love to do. You love to do. It's kind of. You know, I'm not going to use the word um, passion. I just did. <laughs> but um, but, but I, I did it ironically. So, yeah, meta comedy for you kids. Um, and slam dunk in the bagging area. And um, <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, so. Uh, what the hell was talking about? You're, sorry, you're talking uh, yeah. about your, your love. Your love uh, yeah, I love you. I love your face. Oh, and I want to get that man who touched you. Yeah. Um, but um, he, you know, it, people just, like, you know, it's what you love. And then when people don't really like it, it actually hurts a lot more. Oh, yeah. and, I, and, I, and I thought, yeah, you've got to have a tough skin. And, you know, and I'm just okay and whatever. You, you do kind of go, oh. Because you really, that's the thing that out of all the things you do in your life mm. that you want to excel at and you want to shine at. Mm. And when you don't, it actually hurts a lot more. And mm. that's the thing, as as you get more into the comedy thing, mm. you want to be better at it. And when you're not, it's frustrating. But sometimes you have to go through all the frustration to get to the next bit. Yeah, like the breakthrough. Yeah, yeah. as you were saying, yeah, saying earlier on, it's, 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 it's very much that. And um, if I was on X Factor, I'd say, it's a journey. And my dog did die. And, uh, oh, really? No, did no. your dog die? No, no, actually. No. You have died. I had a dog. I mean, it died quite a while ago. Crikey. Um, no, I'm not going to go for the X Factor. Thing. What could have died it? And uh, it, was a, it was a Basset. Basset, Basset Hound, wow. about 15 years old. Hector he was, lovely. Yeah. The, actually, that was a dog that made me laugh because yeah. they are so stubborn as animals. Yeah. Basically, he would um, would take him out for a walk and then if he didn't want to go somewhere, he'd just lie down. Yeah. Like, he, didn't, he didn't care where he lay. It was, if it was the middle of the road, he would lay down. Yeah. And you have people in their cars honking horns and he'd go, yeah, we're not going that way. And you go, come on, Hector, come on. And uh, he's not going, and he, and he says, I'm, I'm kind of not going that way. So if you walked in the opposite direction, you go, yeah, let's go that way and walk yeah. off. And I would laugh my head off and people in the cars go, you better control an animal. But he controlled me. It was a lovely, lovely dog. Heavy Stop. as well, though. Yeah, he was about four and a half stone. Yeah. Um, he was a big slobbery dog. Yeah. And um, uh, I cried my eyes out when that dog died. Never, ever go down. <laughs> and I've got cats at the moment. I've got three cats. Uh, dogs, um, I wait till I retire and um, get another dog. And um, 
Not long now, though. Yeah, but that was absolutely lovely, lovely dog. And you've got yeah. some lovely dogs. I've got, I've got like the, the Labrador and the, and the Husky, yeah. The thing is, the, I was telling you, did I tell you to finish that story? I got the, the wife and a, a, a flute for Christmas. Oh, right. Like, she filmed them last night, right? And every time that the wife plays this, like, North American uh, flute, it's called the Monarch. Uh, uh, and uh, this is named the flute, right? Not the dog. And <laughs> like, so she plays this, and, and like she was watching him when she played it. He was like howling in, like harmonizing with, yeah. the, with oh, it. Wow. But like then she start tried to film the Labrador, right? And the Labrador w- realized that she was doing something and kind of hid behind the bed. Oh. But there's a mirror to the right of the bed, <laughs> and so he was like, hiding there. He's like, I can't see. Me. <laughs> and so as, as she was playing the the flute, he he was like, I'm not gonna howl. I'm not going to help. And then one note, it went, <laughs> and you see his head just coming up over the bed. It's yeah. so funny. Oh. It's so funny. It made me laugh so much because he was like, he was really trying his best. Yeah. He was like, like a little uh, whale. Yeah. It was but, so funny. Oh, that's so lovely. Um, and my wife won't let me put the video up on, on YouTube. Oh. Anyway. It's so annoying. I know. She's spoiled my fun. Because that's yeah. a, that's a, animals are funny. I kind of, mm. cats, cats also kind of, I do love cats and um, our cats are great because they'll do something or, or and, but they'll, I love the way they hide behind curtains but they just put their head behind the curtain. Yeah. So the entire body's outside, totally. but the head's behind the curtain. I just find it hilarious. Mm. And they just, because they, they can't see you, you must be able to see them. Invisible. Yeah, amazing. Do you do write for any other things? Do you write for no, books? Or? No, I, I, I don't. I kind of, I have, I've written, I do two types of writing. I do one where I'm conscious stream of thought writing, right. where I just write anything that comes in, literally anything that comes into mind, I just type it down. Type it down, and then I kind of look back at it and think, "Oh gosh, that was funny," and I would do that for about um, about thirty minutes of just going, uh, "Go, what am I doing?" Uh, and just kind of whatever thoughts come into your head, write that down. Mm. That's actually been quite interesting for the comedy thing. I do try and I suppose try and structure it in, in the sense of. Um, right, I'm going to talk about this thing, mm. and or I'm going to try and make. Uh, at the moment, I'm doing a thing, a pun challenge. There's a, a comedian called Mike Lord, who I know, yep. you know, um, who runs Jam Comedy with a few other mm. wonderful people. He did a pun challenge last year, where every day he's come up with a pun, and some of them were not as good as others. And I found, and I thought, well, I might try that. And mm. after three days, it's bloody hard, mm. and to come up with stuff that is funny. So bloody power to your elbow, Mister Mike Lord. Mm. And uh, but I did write to him and say, look, you know, would you mind if I kind of went into bat and took over on that? And very graciously, he said, yeah, do, I, I know you could just kind of do it, but I just thought I'd ask because you know he was mm. he put his handle on it. So I started trying to do that and writing puns. And I set aside about forty five minutes to try and pun, write a pun. And um, I normally do it at the moment, breakfast, I have my breakfast, and mm. then I go, right, what pun shall I write? And then yeah. I kind of think about it, and then during the day, I try and get it on posted by eight o'clock. That has been a bit of a challenge, and right. I run po- puns by my good family, and they go, oh, that was awful, oh, that was good. And there's um, various other kind of little kind of comedy networks I send the puns to, and they either mm. say thumbs up or thumbs down. Want to try and write more things for a show. I've half written a one-man show, mm. which I want to go and do in 2018. Mm. And I think that's when I will probably, um, whether I'm going to car- carry on mm. doing... I, I, that's my little goal, to do a one-man show. Right. I've never been to Edinburgh gig. I've heard so many horror stories and happy mm. stories that I don't know which ones are true. So I think you have to go and do it yourself. Yes. Um, it's, it's, it's what you... Again, what we were saying before, is what you want out of it. Mm. If your aim is just to get better... It's going to be a great place because you can do so many gigs, you can refine so much material up there, 
Um, and like, if, but if you're doing your hour show, well, then it's, it can be really quite. I mean, you know, your first hour or whatever it is, or your first, you know, your. I mean, it's, well, it depends on how many people get into your shows, isn't it? Yeah. You've got to cancel shows and no one turns up, and it's you know, it's what what are you getting out of yourself? Yeah. Because there's breakthrough moments in every time you get up on that stage. If you can be self-aware enough to pick them out, you're like, oh, this is it. Oh, you know, this is it. And then that joy that you have, like you're doing it for you, you know, as yeah. well as them, of course. But you don't make want to make them laugh. But you're doing it for you. This is this is your thing. This is. You know, fuck it, it keeps your brain it stops your brain from thinking about mortality yeah. this is, and you need to find every bit of joy in life and this is the thing that gives you the joy fuck it if, they, if you get a bad review fuck it I'm still doing the thing that I love yeah yeah. you know so that is okay and and okay people, people didn't turn up for me that year but that's fine there's one or two people did they might come back next year yeah. and that's it yeah you're spot on there because it, it is I, I want to do it because I do love doing it ultimately that's what I left one I want to get me hour in I want to do me hour yeah. Well, because there's more going to be more of a, like a lot of uh, things, it's going to be more of a real thing because you've got an hour, mm. so you can actually really elaborate. And it's going to be, you know, that's most going to be a story about them. Ha <laughs> mm. ha. Uh, but it's, it's something which I've kind of half written. I've already tested the ending on a few, because I've written the ending first, on a few um, people I respect, and they've just said, blister, absolutely blistering ending. Mm. Um, you've got to go do that. I've been kind of slightly kind of slow on that because I started writing in, 20, in 2014, mm. 2014. Just been doing bits and bits, but it's half written now and I kind of wanted to spend more time writing this year and to get it right, really. Because yeah. I don't have a problem with performing. I, I'm being, you know, kind of, I, I kind of enjoy it. I still get nervous before. It's funny, mm. I still get nervous. Mm. A couple of occasions recently, um, I kind of did have, I, I suddenly got a dry mouth, which I never mm. ever had before. That was really quite amazing. Yeah. And I kind of thought, where does this come from? Yeah. And then I could just force myself out of it on stage. But So it was quite weird. But um, one thing I like about um, the comedy thing, I'm, I'm sorry, I won't get to talk about comedy, but, um, no, uh, but it's, it, it, it's, it's, it's when I've gone to gigs and spoken to people who are doing it professionally like mm. you know, and making money. I've been on television and been on the panel shows and um, you know um, doing the, the big gigs that kind mm. of... Um, the Apollo and all those kind of places, they are the loveliest of people. Mm. They mm. have the time for you. Mm. And you kind of think, I don't know any other profession. I, I've only had lovely experiences mm. from, from that, um, from meeting these people. And they have been nothing but kindness and chatty and, mm. you know, and all that kind of stuff. Mm. And, and, you know, don't bug them, but you kind of like, they will just give you a bit of advice. Mm. And it was, it, it's absolutely amazing. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. Some of you've seen on, on yourself and you think, oh, I think you're brilliant. Mm. They sit down and talk to you like you're an equal. And they think, oh, no way. Not even an, a, a hundredth or a mm. thousandth of what you do. But they're just talking to you because they appreciate how... You're trying. How, how, you, how you're trying. I am very trying. Thank you. But, um, <laughs> I never liked you now. Let's just say it now. Uh, your, face uh, your face. Your face. Yeah. Why did I go to bully me in school? <laughs> yeah. The school teacher that used to beat yeah. the shit out of me. Yeah. Especially yeah. in the backing area. Um, which was uh, just another callback. Yeah. And, and I, I, that's what I found kind of humbling. And people go, my God, that person stormed it at the Apollo. And then they're doing this kind of open night and they're just nice as pie. Mm. Absolutely amazing. So I kind of I like that element to it as well. The camaraderie of the whole yeah. thing. Yeah, and it's, it's it's that thing as well that when you meet these people, and, and like generally people at, at gigs are pr- I found as well pretty nice. Yeah, but you again are, are incredibly likable, Johnny. And like I think that I'm quite nice. Oh, okay, I, I can say it now. I, I, th- I think I'm quite sociable as well. Yes, but I think that. You know the old uh, is that is is the um, is a Buddhism that you know, hateful people live in a hateful world. Isn't yeah. It? So you know if you think oh well they'll be my friend that's fine. And I remember once when I was a kid, my mum used to take me to this uh, this like uh, after school sort of thing. You know. Yeah. And when I was there, there was this one as minder if you like there was a, this, this centre point thing. Yeah. And 
I thought that they really liked me, and then years later I found out that they absolutely fucking hated me. Wow! And, but like, because I, but I, but I was like, oh, they must, they like me, they do like me, and they didn't like me. But anyway, but that was the kind of thing, you know. So you, you have this thing, this, this projection of what you want from the world. Yeah, and that goes out it, sometimes. It, yeah, I, I think. It's, I mean, I, I do now know that people don't like me, and um, right. some people, some people just don't like you. They just, they just don't like you. Yeah. Stick the way about you. They feel that like, you know. You hack or you're kind of uh, this, and also outside that, some people just just take a dislike to you. And I think yeah. uh, where it used to affect me, and I think um, it kind of now it just um, doesn't. And yeah. I kind of, and I think that's what the comedy's taught me is that whilst I would love to have your approval, I would really enjoy it and I would, I would value it. And uh, yeah. but if you don't give it to me, I can okay, <laughs> all right, I'll find I something else you want. Mind, yeah, yeah, I can't change my mind. It's it's kind of I know, and I don't spend my time trying to do that. I, I used to in gigs where people weren't laughing. I would then hone in on the unlaughing person yeah. and try and make them laugh and I forgot about the rest of the audience because yeah. it was a challenge yeah. uh, and I kind of I don't do that anymore yeah. I thought well, if you don't laugh you just don't find me funny there's another one on in about five minutes or yeah. whatever so yeah there you exactly. go um, so, not your cup of tea yeah but, exactly but like that guy Eric the Viking you know he just was like that wasn't his cup of tea there's something about that guy's act just rubbed him the it wrong way it was, yeah. it was the weirdest thing ever what he did he did teach me was the MC and you do I, I, I react, that was helping that room because it really helped me react a lot to different people and mm. um, the classic things like you know where the MC engaging where you ask people what they do and um, you know there was laid there once said she did she, I do nothing so I said, I said oh right that sounds like an interesting job what does it get paid and she says well better than her husband because he pays for it I said oh and then I, I spoke to the husband and said well what does she do and he says and I said well I'm a good cook and again what else does she do and he goes well you know and, and it got to the eventual kind of well she, she makes love to me mm. I said well alright then fair enough and uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I kind of like um, yeah, you follow it isn't but it? you followed yeah. it and you kind of like and you, and, you, and you went down that road but that got a laugh from somebody mm. saying nothing whereas somebody used to say oh nothing I do nothing go alright mm. but now I will pursue the nothing because the nothing is a gift mm. what is that nothing mm. uh, or or I'm not telling you, or people, uh, the other classic one is people say, oh, and, and what's your name? And they go, yeah. I, I, I'm not telling you. I say, oh, is that a Russian name I'm not telling you? Yeah. And uh, it, it's it's stupid, but in the audience people laugh, and the person mm. laughs as well. And then you call them, I'm not telling you for the rest of the, for the, rest of the gig. And they kind of buy into it. And but, it's, it's, but it's like that thing, is it? So we're, we're talking about before we start recording, we're saying that, like, you know, there's nothing that can be hacked. It's just your perspective on it. I mean, yeah. you've, got, you've got four kids, you're sending me. Yeah. And, like, you kind of, like, you have stuff about your wife as well, which you bring in too. And it's not the fact that it's hack. It's just that you, like, you know, you're, nothing's hack. It's just your perspective on it. The conversations you have are always going to be different. It's like when I ask people to come on the show, sometimes go, oh, I want to talk about where you, where, where it is you come from, why you do comedy, why is it, why is it, what is it that started you, and what is the reason that you do it. And and then I go, oh no, it's just going to be boring. It's like no, well, in, everyone really has a different story of like mm. what the, the the thing that motivates them to do this. It's not a, a one size fits all. Yeah. Everyone's all got a different thing. If if they reveal themselves completely, sometimes people just don't. But you know, it, sometimes they do. They go, okay, this is why I do it. This is this is the thing that makes me tick. And and there was something that happened to me that I needed to say that, yeah. or maybe that well, I didn't. I just wanted to give joy. But that's the thing. So it's like but with your with your family, you bring that stuff in as well, do you? Do your you got four kids, right? Yeah. Do you have any stuff about that you do with it? About yeah, I used to do a thing. Um, in fact, one of my first um, gigs, um, uh, I used to do a thing about um, having mummy and daddy time, and not having any. When you got four kids mm. in the house, you don't have any mummy and daddy time. Mm. I, I obviously use the expression mummy and daddy time when I'm actually meaning. You know, sexy time. Sexy time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're naughty, naughty man. Um, but, um, yeah, and uh, so and that was a thing. It was kind of like twee, and it was um, 
But it was. But I remember the first time I did it, and the kids were in the audience. Oh my god! They all just died under the sofa. Uh, a, a kind of sofa. What, we brought a sofa to a gig. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Uh, but, um, uh, that's the kind of guy I am. I want my kids to be comfortable. And I. And, um, but they, and, and they just died. But fortunately, it was funny, and fortunately, it got lots of laughs. Uh, and I did check it. With, I always check my good lady wife um, mm-hmm. before I do any material. I don't. I, I don't do kind of lots of uh, my, wife, my wife stuff. It was. It was. It was funny, and um, it, it was about us trying to get together and, and me trying to do a sexy face and all that kind mm. of stuff. Uh, which, of course, was the total opposite because it wasn't sexy. It looked like a man, kind of convulsions but it, it got loads and loads of laughs and they and, they, and afterwards they just said it was really funny and also they've got a hint of going out a lot more <laughs> mm. um, but it's not a story uh, but yeah. <laughs> so it, it, it was kind of it was kind of fun and, and I do have all the comedy that I do actually is related to real life mm. things that have happened I do rugby stuff used to play rugby being a blood donor all that kind of stuff mm. they're really but they are probably more in the format of the older school of uh, variety TV kind mm. of comedy, mm. which um, but there's elements of truth to them. I like my I like my comedy in that kind of world. Yeah, it's it's kind of like a it, it is it is a, the weirdest. I'm going to say hobby because I'm not mm. a professional. It's the weirdest hobby I've ever had because it is all encompassing, and that is actually the hard thing. And you do have to kind of um, temper it. When I first got into it, it was, like, it was almost like, you know, wow, that's so fantastic. I'm going places people listen to me and I, I can make people laugh. It's so fantastic. And I forgot about my family and, mm. and my wife. And, yeah. uh, and, uh, You've moved talking yeah, about yeah, her yeah, and yeah, the family. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I talked more about her yeah. um, when I was with other people than yeah. to her. Mm-hmm. And then I come home in the evening after having gigged for three nights and come home and then... Um, when I get home and he goes, oh, how's your dad? Oh, just fall asleep on the sofa. So, so I sorted that one out, kids. So if you are with a partner with somebody, mm. please make sure you sort that kind of rule balance. out. Balance is what it's all about. And um, sometimes when it's not balanced, it can cause... Um, rifts. Uh... Rifts and ructions. But mm. um, touch wood as I tap my head. We have got that sort of, sorted out. I basically do everything she says. And, uh, <laughs> and, and it seems to work really well. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's important. Keep, your, keep your partner happy. There's, there's a book there. Yeah, there's a book there, yeah. <laughs> Keep your partner happy, kids. And then the comedy will also flow. Yeah. Yeah, and the kids get the, the so you get them got the message they, they they're still at home they moved out and and I'm going to do the worst stuff yeah, about yeah, you yeah, if you yeah. don't move out this is yeah. it now it's, uh, actually they've been very supportive and they do they don't come and see me all the time and uh, when I'm at home it is um, I mean dad jokes um, I love um, they kind of groan my son is actually a lot funnier uh, than I am and they call these gags uh, mm. but you know, they're, they're, fun, they're, they're great and they come and support and all that type of thing it's really lovely and they'll come and see me every now and again, um, not all the time. Mm. But they like, uh, you know, so they'll see me kind of probably, they'll, some of them popped down to Brighton last year and they hadn't seen me for a year. They said how much I'd changed, which was great because they are quite stern critics mm. and they, you know, it was really good. So I, I, like, I like impressing them, I have to say, right. as well. But I don't sit at the dinner table kind of cracking jokes all day long mm. and... Um, Funny thing happened to me on the way to the light switch. Um, but, um, uh, I was in the garage, um, yeah, but all that kind of stuff. Don't don't do that. Kind of mm. tend to be normal. But if if I do have a, a gag which is youth based, mm-hmm. um, or I want to find the kind of uh, the words that the, the kids on the street are using, mm. even though they're now and in the twenties, um, I can run it by them and then get all oh, that sad and lame. Mm. Don't do that. Mm. Or people would say this. So if they're great as reference points uh, for mm-hmm. that kind of stuff, I. I do incorporate a little bit of my family stuff in there, but I do do kind of, you know, my, I've done my Christmas gag. Shall I do my Christmas gag? If you want, yeah, yeah, Why yeah. not? The Christmas gag was, um, I love Christmas. It's my favourite time of the year. I get to dress up like a genie and go to my wife and say, darling, we're going to have some pantomime sex now. 
And she says, oh, no, you're not. Uh, so too late. It's behind you. Uh, that kind of thing. It's sad. Yeah. And I feel now absolutely embarrassed for having said that. But uh, I love that gag. Yeah. And, um, and I've only just thought of it. There we go. But it's, about, <laughs> but it's probably oh. right from the 70s. <laughs> um, that kind of stuff. I kind of, mm. it's, it's, it's silly. And um, I don't dress like a genie. And no, I don't. Just want to clarify that for the audience. Uh, it's um, uh, Captain Hook I dress like. I saw you on the Laughing Horse website. So I did research you. Oh, uh, gosh. It's Johnny Murph. Uh, and I it was the mild-mannered man of mirth. That's a lot of blooming alliteration. The mild-mannered man of mirth. Yeah. I, I, and that is in, you're on the Laughing Horse website, right? Yeah, you? yeah. I, I, well, I did um, the Laughing Horse um, new, uh, act. new Act thing um, and, and the website, which was weird. Yeah. yeah, I looked at it one day and I thought, that's bloody me. Mm. Quite nice. I couldn't uh, find you on the comedy CV. Where were you on the comedy Oh, you know what? I haven't done that yet. I'm ah, lazy. Right. I, I, should, I should do that. That's one thing I kind of did do. The, interesting kind of about the, the, the other side of it is the PR side, mm. doing kind of Twitter, Facebook comedy CV your website mm. and all that kind of stuff and booking gigs and trying to get gigs mm. and, and there's a whole bunch of other stuff admin that it's kind of like weird uh, I did do a website um, it's, it's actually a bit of a pain I can see mm. why people get people to do websites and I, and I know the merits of doing a website um, all that kind of stuff I, I think you need to do it because exactly you try to research me and you couldn't couldn't find um, uh, my website is actually it's johnnymurf.com just for you people out there as it's my Twitter handle <laughs> oh shameless plug uh, but um, it was um, yeah I should do a comedy CV because I, I, I have been told to do that and I thought I must do that I must do that mm. New Year's resolution number three then um, I'll do that uh, uh, but the laughing horse thing was uh, yeah it was nice uh, to be on there and um, it doesn't really mean a great deal apart from I'm on there um, which is which is but if, if people are looking up it's funny again it goes back to um getting a, something behind your name or a uh, competition or some kind of recognition. People go, oh, he's on the Laughing Horse website. It must be good then, eh? So, yes, I am, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> and um, it's, yes, but there's a lot of it admin-y things yeah, you have to do right. and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And there might be a little bit of futility to it because, hey, come and see me at my gig. Um, I don't have a great amount of people that follow me over to gigs you know, and you stuff. Know what, right? Life is futile. Fuck yeah. it. Welcome to die! Exactly. Resistance is futile. I think of my trekking reference there, yeah. Um, but, but yeah. It, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a kind of, the, you know, it's like a lot of things you have to do certain things because that's, yeah, that's what part of people it, do part of the do. So, yeah, it's funny, it's, it's funny about reviews and things, okay, or, or competitions and stuff. You know, I've never, I've never like I said, I'm never going to win any of those things. The, the few times I've really felt truly happy, and this is going to sound moderately perverse, mm. is when I've gone to a gig and somebody's come up to me afterwards and said, Oh, my dad just pissed himself laughing at you. Mm-hmm. And I went, oh, that's, oh, thank you so much. Because no, no, he's actually pissed himself. I said, what? He said he was going to go to the toilet. And when you came on, he thought he liked you. And he didn't want to go. And he stayed. And then he ended up wetting himself at your joke. And he told me, I wow. thought, my God. Because he would come over and say, say hello to you, but he's too embarrassed. Oh. Don't come over to the table. Oh, and, no. I, and I thought, that's, a, that's the, one of the nicest that's things someone said to me. And I had a young lady who also had the same situation with a friend of hers. Um, he said, "Oh, my friend thinks you're fantastic." He goes, "Oh, well, thank you." Uh, has she left? And he goes, "No, she just wet herself. She she's waiting for people to leave so she can." And I thought, oh. for me, <laughs> defecation is the highest form of gratitude. <laughs> not a dry seat. Not a dry seat. But it was um, it, it was it was weird, and I felt I thought, "Wow, I've done it." Yeah. And I, that's actually, <laughs> and I felt the happiest. So not that I want to start a trend, but kind of um, it was. It was the weirdest thing. I thought, yeah. I, I've made somebody wet themselves with laughter. Yeah. I, that has made me so happy. Yeah. And those have been the other high spots in comedy. Um, you're kind of like, you know, you think, wow. It, it's, and, and those are the things that keep you going. Because mm. for all the kind of gigs where you, you don't hit or you kind of, you know, 
so-so mm. and you have the gigs where people come up to you after and goes, oh that was great that was mm. really funny and you kind of go yeah yeah and then mm. and you'll drive off to a next gig or, and then you'll finally go to a pub and there isn't nobody there yeah. and the, there was like three or four people there mm. and God rest them thank them for coming out but you know what they're not going to laugh because it's kind of embarrassing that's only them mm. and you kind of just do your thing. You just mm. you, you do do it by numbers a little bit. You try and engage a little bit, mm. and then they don't want to engage, yeah. and you back off. There's only so much of this yeah. awkwardness they can take. Because you're on, you're on, you're on, kind of like number two, or, or, or you're opening on number two. Because if you engage too much, they're going to get up and leave. Mm. Then the rest of the comedians are doing nothing to nobody. Mm. I, 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 you've, I, I'm sure you've done gigs where you turn up and there's absolutely no audience. I, I've turned, the other day. I turned up on the wrong day. Uh, oh, yeah, I saw that. I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, you're early for the gig. Yeah. I was like, I'm super early. But that, to be fair, that was that night, the night I turned up, there was 50 people there. Wow. The next night, two. Two wow. people. And I was like, guys, I was here so early for the. That was half my shtick because yeah. I was like, look, there wasn't two people there. I was like, I was so early for this gig. I was here yesterday. You should have been here. There was 50 people here. Yeah. None <laughs> of them here for comedy, but I was here. <laughs> that monkey shine gig is such a lovely gig when it's yeah. full. Yeah. But. They was they were just on their exams and it was just yeah. It was, it, it was, it, that, that's a, I mean any, any you know, I've, I've you know been to gigs once I went to a gig um, in Kentish Town which was well I've two gigs in Kentish Town but one, one gig I won't mention the name of the gig it doesn't run anymore it doesn't matter anymore but um, <laughs> yes it was nobody was there yeah we went there nobody was there um, and it was like you know um, we're all looking at each other going well what should we do. And people going, oh, well, you know, I'm going to try and get jump in on some other gig that's kind of nearby yeah. or whatever. So what we did was we did a whole, we did the whole night, but everyone had a minute. So basically we, um, and we each gave, gave each other, there was like 10 comedians, and we each gave each other subjects. So I, I, I was emceeing it, so I kind of I said, right, well, here we are, fantastic audience in tonight, all that kind of stuff. And said, and let's bring to the stage whoever yeah. it was. And they came up and said, and their subject matter is, and I pointed at one of the comedians and he went, Shoes. <laughs> <laughs> this guy had to be funny on shoes for a minute. Yeah. And then we went through the whole night as if it was a real night. Um, and at the end of it, like, you've been a fabulous audience. Thanks for coming. Yeah. It was over in about 10 minutes. Oh, great. Uh, but oh, we, all, we all had a laugh. Yeah. And because um, sometimes you've been to this gig, you go, oh, bloody hell, oh, it's ridiculous. Because uh, no, if you don't promote a gig or try to make a gig happen, you have no idea about, mm. you know, people go, oh, I've come here with my art. And I've kind of, you know, I can't believe nobody's here, bloody hell. Oh. Mm. But these guys all kind of like got up and just kind of, had a laugh for 10 minutes and we were upstairs on a pint and someone went to a gig nearby and just sat down and watched other people do stuff. Mm. But it's some of those kind of zero gig ones where you've driven a long way yeah, yeah. and you get there and you kind of go, what am I doing? It's like life, isn't it? You just, why get annoyed about it? You know, this, yeah. this, it, it, it's, it is what it is. You can't, for, you can't control, like with comedy, sometimes you can't, you, it's control, isn't it? Really? Yeah, yeah. But sometimes you can't control things. You're like, well, this is, they're either going to like this or they're not. Yeah. And I can't, I can't, I've, I've honed it as much as I can do. Well, I can't force them to laugh at myself, yeah, me, yeah. Yeah. or like me. You know, yeah. I, I have one of those faces. It's like maybe they don't. Maybe they're bullied by someone by me. Maybe someone dogged them. <laughs> maybe I am the person that. Maybe the, I, that's the reason. I did get badly heckled once. Uh, there was a chap. I used to do a thing where I used to come out and pretend I was nervous, uh, which I was. I'd say I'm a bit of a stress eater. Uh, I eat when I'm stressed. I kind of. And I, I also eat when other people are stressed. And uh, you look stressed, sir. And he said, "I am because I'm married to her." Got a big laugh. And I said, well, here's a, and I just keep a biscuit in my pocket. And I, and I always go, here's a biscuit, then have that for later. Yeah. And he goes, I'll need the old packet, mate, married to her. And of course, big laugh from the room. Oh, and I no. thought, well, I shall, I shall plunder that comic gold. And I said, oh, really? And then this woman, Tara, uh, <laughs> says, she had a very kind of heavy um, Scottish accent, I apologies to any Scottish people listening to her. And she says, you think you're a funny man? You think you're a funny man? Well, funny off, yeah. And then she, every kind of expletive come out of her mouth. And then she kind of, kind of give me the finger. And Jim Carrey did this thing in, the, in a, one of the um, 
films he did where he plays the vet, and I can't really remember the name of it now, um, but um, where he kind of tends to play a trumpet and his middle index fingers in the air, so he's giving something to the finger. And she was doing that for about 30 seconds. I couldn't stop her. She goes, and at the final note, she would kind of strike the finger pose. And of course, it was like, I have no idea what to do. I have my, my set. And I tried to engage a yeah. bit, and I am now up Sheep Street without a paddle. Wow. And that was early on, actually. <laughs> now I would probably engage a little bit more. Mm. Um, but she was like, you know, you're not funny. You're not a funny man. Yeah. You're not a funny man. You think you're funny. I just kind of looked to the, the bar staff and said, can we have more biscuits over here, please? Got a laugh. <laughs> Great. But it threw me badly. Yeah. And uh, But then people thought I, I was good at taking hackles. Mm. And another man who looked like Freddie Mercury kind of st- stepped in uh, and started saying, and it was like, Wow, I realise yeah. now how unexperienced I am, right. um, inexperienced, whatever. I'm not good at the English. And that was, that was a really early on in my career. And, but, and I did my stuff, and I got booked this kind of first time. I got paid, actually. It was a gig in Stevenage. The, the person who promoted the evening came up and said, no, don't worry, Johnny, you, know, you did really well because they're a tough crowd or a mm. tough crowd. And I opened up. And I got a few laughs, I got laughs and all that kind of stuff, but I really honed in on the people that weren't laughing mm. and... The, the, the lady who was um, uh, heckling me and all that kind of stuff. My husband came up and goes, oh, bloody, you're hysterical, mate. That was the best laugh I've had in years and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but uh, to me, I just felt absolutely distraught and I thought I wasted people. I, I, I felt guilty taking the money for the night uh, and, yeah. and all that. Although I took it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I drank yeah. the free beers that came with it because I was getting a lift. Uh, but yeah. um, it was, um, yeah, it was kind of a weird, that was, that was probably the most I've ever been heckled. Crikey, I just, that just flashed into my head there. Yeah. Uh, it, it was the most I've ever been heckled and it was... Um, a difficult experience because I wasn't that experienced myself. I'd finally got a 10 together. That was my first real time of actually doing it professionally, so mm. to speak. Um, the rest of comedians all stormed it, of course, <laughs> which made me feel even better. Uh, <laughs> you all, set it up for them, though. Yeah, you I the totally hit. set up the room. Yeah. Thank you, Wendy. Yeah. You've got a lovely face. And if I ever, <laughs> ever see that man... I will I'm, lift the rock off I will really, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and breathe. <laughs> so, uh, so that was... That was, uh, that was uh, that was kind of more inspiring as on the train home in Germany. Oh, great gig, great gig. Uh, what do you have a go at? Uh, Johnny. Anyway, so it was a really great gig. <laughs> yes, have a biscuit. And, um, oh, thanks very much. Oh, yeah. And that's why I'm now 97 stone. I don't know why I went into the old stories, like old war horse stories, but that, that was kind of, that was a funny, that was a funny experience. But, you know, you know, driving to different rooms and different mm. people and some people, uh, my, my favourite gig was a gig in Hull. Mm. There was a lovely man called Steve Rimmer. Oh, who, yes. Who, does, yes. Um, who is um, ex- a disposal expert, yes. a big dr- um, fan of flying drones. Mm. And um, he has wonderful gigs up in Hull, if, if you've never been there. And I thought my humour would not travel at all. Mm. And I went to do one of his nights quite a while ago now. It was my first 20. Mm. And people laughed so much that I forgot my four minutes of my act cause, mm. t- because I was conscious of doing 20 minutes and being too time. And I got so many laughs. And I thought... And I was absolutely beside myself for happiness when mm. I had a re- stayed the, the night over in the hull. The, the most wonderful experience. Yeah. And I thought, this is absolutely fabulous. And it was a nice, nice full room, really lots of other great acts mm. on there. And it was a really lovely evening of comedy. But I never thought it would translate. Mm. And then I realised that my kind of comedy is kind of mm. old school, northern comedian type mm. comedy um, in in the kind of the nicest kind of variety sense of the word. And that, that was really, that was a shocker. That was mm. my first kind of driving a long way away to do a gig and, and getting money. But the money never covered the gig. Mm. But it just was the experience of it. And it was lovely to be asked as well. It was um, uh, wonderful. It was a really wonderful um, experience. And uh, that, that was great. Did a lot of co- um, activity with some really big lads into my rugby thing. Yeah. Some behemoth in the audience I got out yeah. and, and, and pretending we were twins and uh, mm. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It was just really silly. It was good to go to different parts of the world. Mm. I 
want a gig in Ireland. I've never gigged in mm. Ireland because mm. I've got Irish roots and things. Yeah. And um, I'd love to go gig in Ireland. Yeah. I, I did my first headline spot oh, when I was when I two, about, about two years in. I just go, I was so... And I, and I nailed it. I was just full of beans yeah, and, yeah. and whatever. The material was probably terrible. But I just really sold it. And I was yeah. like, oh, this was great. And I, I, there was a guy on before me called Alan Hurley. And he said, look, man, would you mind filming my, my set? I said, yeah, no problem at all. I'll film it. Uh, and then as soon as I got left it recording, as soon as I got on stage, I had invited a couple of friends around. I went, great. And it was the first headline spot I ever had. And I was like, as soon as I got on stage, the tape ended. And I was like, God damn it. <laughs> and I was so annoyed. Yeah. Know, I got his completely. And my, I missed out on. Yeah. But it was my first headline spot. And it went so well. And I was like, oh, man. You know, because it's, so, <laughs> it's, like, it's that first headline spot. You know, it's like doing your first gig. Because yeah. it's like, oh, this really, this, I, I can, I, I've got this, I can yeah. do this. You know, and I was like, oh, but it just went so well. And I was like, nuts. Yeah. I didn't film my first gig ever, ever either. Uh, I, I've, I've got to film on my first gig. Oh, wow. And um, yeah, that, that was, um, I watched back it and, and actually, I, I actually made, you know, watched it and actually laughed at it. Mm. And I thought, that was actually funny, that bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 10 seconds that morning was. Uh, but um, out of a 45 minute set, no, it was, um, it, it, it was actually, again, it was just, uh, you could see it was of somebody who was actually brand spanking new. But it was, I, I was enjoying myself. And I liked the fact I, was enjoying myself, uh, and and also sometimes you, you've got to remember. Well, I I, th- I think a lot of people stress too much about the comedy and don't enjoy it, mm. and they kind of go to a gig and they get really angry. And um, uh, uh, there was one classic thing that happened. I'm not going to again mention the comedians, but uh, it was quite a while ago now. But I went to a, a gig. There was this comedian uh, who was who was kind of fairly on the cusp of kind of you know he was kind of known doing mm. uh, pro stuff, and yeah. um, uh, there was another comedian on stage doing his set. To Whoa. Him. And uh, it was, um, and we watched the set, and the set was going down really well. And uh, this comedian, uh, sitting beside me, was fuming and began to fume and getting more, turned into Hulk, and his body was shaking. And um, anyway, this guy finished the set, and, the, and it was a break just before the interval. Got quite a few laughs. He said, "Right, I'm gonna fucking kill," and kind of swearing and, and all that kind of stuff. And I thought, "My, my God, what, what's the matter?" Because we just gigged two weeks ago somewhere, and he said, "And that is my set." That guy just did all my jokes. He said, <laughs> I was trying to be kind of sort of So it could be a tribute act, uh, which never mm. went down well. And I had to stop him from fighting. And I went wow. to the comedian and said, Do you know? He goes, And the other comedian, God bless him, didn't, wasn't aware that he'd done that. It was like, you know, and I thought, You've got to be aware of that at least. Mm. I mean, everyone kind of, you know, down the yeah. line has kind of used a gag and whatever, but you try not to obviously steal jokes mm. and. Um, Outright. And, uh, yeah, absolutely. You might have the same ideas, lots of parallel ideas mm. going on. That was the most amazing thing I've wow. ever seen. And this guy had to physically be held back and the other gig person had to be told to leave. I never saw that other person again, actually. It was kind of interesting. It was the last time I ever saw him gig. So maybe that was a... Mm. Maybe got one of those kind of letters on the post saying, yeah. if I see another gig, you will die. Yeah, well, um, But it was yeah. like, you know, it was amazing. Um, but mostly most people don't... Um, again, there's always a thing about stealing jokes. I've, I've never heard anyone really steal jokes. The circuit does police itself, yeah. does it, pretty yeah. well. Where is your next gig and where can we come see you? Well, it's not gonna be it's not gonna be for a while, fine mm. young people. It's going to be at Let's Laugh in, in Brixton in uh, the end of February. because mm. um, I said I'll go back in March, but um, Ariel Sumo, who's a lovely comedian, mm. uh, asked me to come and do her gig um, in Brixton, so I'm gonna do that. Mm. And then I'm emceeing the week after at TNT in Kentish Town. Uh, Sam Wall's a, f- a fabulous gig will be running seven years wow. um, on the 7th of March, um, which mm-hmm. is in Kentish Town. Uh, but if you um, come and uh, go to my um, website, which will be um, 
let me remember, it's johnnymurph.com. Crikey, forgot my own name. In about three days' time, by the time this podcast goes out, I will have updated it with those gig dates on there. And I'd love to see you. And if you've heard the podcast, come up and say hello, and and I'll let you buy me a drink. That's the kind of guy I am. Follow Johnny Murph on Twitter. Twitter. Uh, It's Johnny Murph, and I've got my pun challenge, um, um, which is um, hashtag MurphPun365, Murph being M-U-R-P-H-Y. Please, um, uh, thumbs up, share, like, dislike, do whatever you want to do. Love me. All those things. Just love me. (laughs) I need to be loved. Oh, winter. Winter. I don't want to go. Don't let me out. Please. No, no, don't push me out of the door. No. I'm not not desperate. I'm not desperate. (laughs) I love you. (laughs) It's Johnny Murph, the mild-mannered man of mirth. Thank you for coming on the show. God bless you. Thanks very much. Really enjoyed it. Thank you. Thanks, man. Cheers. And that was episode 30 with It's Johnny Murph. Go find him on Twitter. His Twitter handle is at It's Johnny Murph. Go find him on Facebook. Go check his stuff out on YouTube. But no, don't bother doing that. Just don't go bother checking his stuff out on YouTube. Go see him live. He's taking his show down to the Brighton Fringe again. And hopefully him and his show with his other two friends are going to win another accolade from the Brighton Fringe. Good luck to him. Johnny's a lovely guy. Very funny man. Go check his stuff out. Find him on Twitter, at It's Johnny Murph, the mild-mannered man of mirth. Now, if you like this podcast and you want to follow us, we're on Twitter. We're there, and that is at The Comedy Defect. If you want to follow me, it's at Winter Phonander. If you want to come see my live stand-up gig dates, and I'm doing a preview of my Edinburgh show called It's Not Just for Christmas, go check that out as well. There'll be a show in Dover, and there are other dates. All the addresses are on my website in the events page. Go check that out. I'm also doing the Guinness Jokes or the Encyclopedic Jokes Challenge, which I'm calling it at the moment, because at the moment it's a challenge to start up again. But I'm doing it. I'm going to get it done. And those Twitter jokes will be released on Twitter, which is at Guinness Jokes is where they will be. And it's Encyclopedic Jokes and at Guinness Jokes. I'm going to do it, guys. I'm going to get through this Guinness Encyclopedia. I'm going to write as many jokes as I can. Some of them will be pretty ropey. But hey, it's the doing it that counts. It really is. If you like this podcast and you want to donate to us, just we're on Patreon. Just go to Patreon. Uh, you'll see my video that I put up. You can like it or hate it. Hey, leave a comment. Why not? And you can donate as much or as little as you want. But if you can't kick something back, just go to iTunes or Podbean or wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a nice, honest review. We've got some great guests coming up on the show. I've recorded a couple in the last couple of days that I'm really happy with. Uh, it was great. I had a couple of friends that I haven't spoken to in a while. It's just great to get them in a the room and chat to them about what they're getting up to in comedy. Uh, some people have got some serious work ethic and I love it. It's great. It's inspiring for me to have them on the show. And I just love talking to them just to pick their brain about what they're doing right now. And you'll love listening to the interview that I had with them. I've had some, everyone I've had on the show I've equally loved. But there are some just little nuggets of information which are really going to help everyone else as well. On the next show we have episode 31. And that is with a guy who's been touring Australia. He's gigged in Hawaii. He's done most of the comedy clubs in New York. Oh, he's, he's been blessed with the, the tours he's been doing. But he's a funny guy. He's worked hard for it. It is the very funny Gary Sampson. That is episode 31. And that is it for now from the Comedy Defect podcast. We'll see you next week for episode 31 with Gary Sampson.